Hi, it's Mark Bittman, and welcome to Food. As always, you can reach us at food at markbittman.com. We would love advice, questions, answers, suggestions, anything you want to say. We're happy to hear, and we will respond. We have an interesting show for you today, and uh, I'll tell you about it in a second. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Have you ever bought something, owned something that really inspired you to up your game? A tennis racket, a new pair of running shoes, a new piece of cooking equipment that made you just want to cook your brains out? I know that when I first started cooking on induction burners, I just couldn't stop. It was so much fun. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of the features that are available on this car include dynamic sky panorama glass roof, front row massaging seats, you know you want that, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, which you will want when you check out the multi-terrain select. These are really great features, the kind of features that will make you proud and happy to own a Lexus GX. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. This is kind of our first, let's say, restaurant show. Although I did begin my career as a food writer reviewing restaurants back in New Haven in the 80s, I never liked that job so much. And in New York, at least, which is my hometown, I never felt qualified to compare restaurants. I had my favorites, of course, and still do. But when people ask me for restaurant recommendations, that's really all I've been qualified to do is say, I like this place. I never, I've never been current. And now more than ever, when there are experts on the restaurants of nearly every city, and I'm pretty much an expert on none of them. I mean, I was lucky enough to spend more time in Rome last year than I did in New York. It's just safe to say that although I have opinions, when I go out to eat, 
which I probably do less than I ever did, I either ask for recommendations or I just pick more or less randomly. Still, like just about everyone, I'm interested in restaurants. And in the state of restaurants right now, especially in New York, which was hit as harder, harder than maybe anywhere else during COVID and which continues to recover. And so Kate and I agreed we'd pick the brain of our esteemed colleague, Melissa McCart, who's the editor of the Bittman Project, our near daily newsletter to which you might subscribe, bitmanproject.com. Melissa really does keep up on restaurants in New York. So we had a lot of questions for her. It's a different kind of conversation for us, and one I hope you'll find interesting. Melissa, no one knows where to eat in New York, including me. So really? we thought we'd pick your brain. Really? I mean, you know, I've gone to Jean-Georges for 25 years. It's my default. It's ridiculous. Well, I mean, we all should still go to Jean-Georges. <laughs> so... I mean, I don't even know if I can in good conscience recommend it because I just don't have civilian experience there. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I wholeheartedly endorse it, but I don't think I'm the most reliable endorser. So let's move on. We're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the opposite of that. I don't know where it. Someone two weeks in a row, people. I went out with our friend Mayuk Sen and I'm going out with uh an old friend from Berkeley on Monday. And I'm just like, I don't know, the last new restaurant I ate at was probably Dirty French, and that was 10 years ago. So, I, you know, I just, I wasn't keeping up before COVID. I was living in California for part of the time. I just feel like I know nothing. And so much happens in Brooklyn. So just wondering what, if there are generalizations you can make about how restaurants have changed since the pre-COVID days. I mean, in the New York area and a lot of cities, the emphasis on outdoor dining is certainly one of the biggest that is noticeable. And with it comes a like sort of, if you want to call it like joie de vivre or free for all, depending on your point of view, this is sort of like a, it's not lawlessness exactly, but it definitely has a different vibe than pre-pandemic. Price hikes, both, especially for the restaurant owners slash chefs, and of course for consumers, but, you know, there's this weird tension that's sort of been building now because I think a lot of people are suspicious of restaurant owners anyway. And now that people are jacking up the price of, you know, the menu prices, I think that people are, you know, definitely even more wary about expensive restaurants in particular. But really, I mean, like Rick, for example, has said, the cost of his flour that was like, you know, under $50 a bag pre-pandemic is now over 70. And I mean, just on a big picture level, I think there's a further polarization between the rich and poor. I mean, you're seeing like a lot more cheap, cheap restaurants and a lot more expensive, like members only restaurants. And less of what? The middle range, like sit down restaurants. Like, for example, Momofuku used to have a bosom that cost $250, and now it's $1,000. $1,000! That's incredible. To be fair, I feel like New York is extremely conservative right now, like more than most places in the country, because it's so expensive, and the supply chain has messed everything up. So they're like, 
there's this weird throwback to like French-ish restaurants and like continental like hotel food. It's really, really weird. So I guess if you're into that, the Ignacio Matos open corner bar, which is like a really beautiful space at Nine Orchard. It's a hotel and the food is good. And I mean, you could recite the menu for sure, but they do a really good job at it. But there's a lot more interesting stuff, I think. Ignacio Matos. I know he had that place on the in the West Village, but I can't remember the name of it now. And does he's he the guy who has a place in Midtown also? Yeah, he has a place. I feel like the place you would like the most is called Lodi. It's primarily a bakery. And the guy who used to bake at Stone Barns at Blue Hill is the head baker. And it has really beautiful food. And it's a great space in Rockefeller Center of all places. Wow. Okay, I've actually been there because my friend Lucy knows food. And they have this chicken liver toast that's so good that we order two orders for both of us for two of us it was a lot of chicken liver toast and i just was like i don't need to eat anything else but this but the other food is good too but i've actually been there i've been there twice wow Mm -hmm. and rockefeller center who knew well it's like a great pre-theater place yeah that makes sense and now there's uh larock from the Frenchette people, which I know how you're going to feel about that, Kate. Oh, my God. Really expensive and a big scene and a variation on Frenchette. I feel like the most exciting food in New York right now is Middle Eastern food. My favorite place is really far away called Ayat. And it's a Palestinian, like, fast, casual place. And it's great. And they have a sibling in Brooklyn Heights that's more seats, like a full-service restaurant that's called Al Badawi that is good and interesting. Um, so that's one. Where's Ayat? Where's the original? The Ayat is in Bay Ridge. That is far away. It's really far, but it, it's gotten a lot of attention, which sort of gave them the momentum to open in Brooklyn Heights of all places. Then there's Ival, which is a Persian place in Brooklyn that people are loving and are really into. I don't think there are that many Persian sit-down restaurants in New York. And this one is sort of a front runner of sorts. There used to be a couple in Midtown. At least one of them closed during COVID. Yeah, exactly. That And Ival sort of came in the last couple of months. So there's that. And then uh, up near Kate, there's Dagon. Have you been there, Kate? I was actually there for lunch this week. Were you? Kate's a hipster. Kate's with it. I like that place. How do you spell Dagon? D-A-G-O-N. And what's that? And it's an Israeli restaurant that I would just order the breads and the meza and some drinks and call it a day. But it's always crowded sent a lot of people there and it's a solid place to go. What else? And then in Brook again back to Brooklyn there's uh Laser Wolf which is probably the best rooftop restaurant in the five boroughs. Food is really good. It's from a Philadelphia restaurant owner Mike Salamanov 
Yeah, but how do you get in? Like, can you get a table there? Probably not. No, I think that that is really big and that you actually can, that, that, you know, if you go on Resi or whatever, that there are, there are definitely spaces because it's not like a tiny restaurant. It's a giant hotel rooftop with an incredible view and the food is good. Kate, what about you? Uh, you know, I like to go to Nougatine and Jean George for a special occasion. It's really not that expensive. Um, I mean, especially compared to everything else, it's just about the same. And I really like Loring Place, Dan Kluger's restaurant. The vegetable situation there is pretty incredible. He really does the, I would say, 75% vegetable, 25% meat menu. And um, that's how I like to eat. And he cooks vegetables in a really interesting way. So it's just, it's my go-to. And then Mark and I both like Houseman. Oh, I love Houseman. Yeah, Houseman is awesome. (laughs) But you're talking about, you really are... I mean, Houseman's great. I and I love Ned, and I'm really happy that he made it through COVID more or less unscathed and is open and thriving. So that's good. But so far, everything is there. Is creative food dead? Let me ask you that question. Is this sort of let's move for, food forward and try new things and so on and so on? Is that not happening anymore? Are people not pushing that envelope? I don't think it's dead in other cities necessarily, but I do feel like it is in New York. You know, there's Bonnie's, which is Cantonese. It feels like there's a push towards like revival type restaurants, you know, like the revival of El Quixote or, you know, Chinese American favorites. But it doesn't feel like people are doing groundbreaking stuff. Hmm. What do you think about that? Right. Why? I think that the industry is too shaken. You know, I think that it's just basically trying to please people with the deepest pockets and that there was like a minute where there were real estate deals, but now that's not necessarily the case anymore. Food is more expensive. I was just talking to a guy who owns a vegan Chinese restaurant called Fat Choi on the Lower East Side. And it's really good and creative and scrappy. I really love it. And uh, the mayor, who's vegan, wanted to go to his restaurant. And so some people from his office scouted it out ahead of time. And he got a cease and desist for his outdoor space, which basically he has to put weights in the planters and move the barricades further, which he told me will cost him at least $1,000. And, you know, he basically was like, here I am, this little scrappy vegan Lower East Side restaurant. And now I'm going to get fined basically because the mayor's coming to dinner and I really can't afford it. Like, I can't afford to get fined, you know? So I think, I just think there are all these costs on top of rent and the rising food costs and whatever that we don't even know about or anticipate that really kills inspiration for creativity and people are like, what's going to sell? It's really interesting. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. 
Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Have you ever bought something, owned something that really inspired you to up your game? A tennis racket, a new pair of running shoes, a new piece of cooking equipment that made you just want to cook your brains out? I know that when I first started cooking on induction burners, I just couldn't stop. It was so much fun. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of the features that are available on this car include dynamic sky panorama glass roof, front row massaging seats, you know you want that, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, which you will want when you check out the multi-terrain select. These are really great features, the kind of features that will make you proud and happy to own a Lexus GX. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. We're all drinking more water these days, and we're all concerned that we're drinking safe, clean, unpolluted water. Yet, according to our friends at the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in the United States have harmful contaminants in their tap water. That's why it's worth checking out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. They remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, you know, those forever chemicals in your water supply. PFAS, by the way, is found in almost 45% of U.S. tap water. AquaTrue has water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. 
Their proprietary purification technology is independently tested to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAS, nitrates, and many, many others. The filters are affordable and long-lasting, and they do not need changing every two or three months like so many others. They last from six months to up to two years. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water, less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you won't be buying bottled water, and it'll save the environment from tons of single-use plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and makes a great gift. Today, listeners to Food with Mark Bittman receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code Bittman at checkout. For 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier, go to AquaTrue.com and use the promo code Bittman, B-I-T-T-M-A-N. You've left the city a little bit. Have you gone to Philly or D.C. or anywhere where it's different? Uh, I feel like L.A. might. I mean, I haven't been to L.A. for a while, but I feel like L.A. might be. I mean, it's just so diverse and so international and the quality of ingredients are so good that it feels like it's more like far more dynamic. But honestly, I feel like where you are is like where everybody is doing cool stuff. Like Hudson Valley is like <laughs> the coolest stuff in the Hudson Valley is at my house. <laughs> well, that's a, of course that's a given, but it just well, feels I mean, like there's exodus. Uh, I mean, it's like cottage stuff. It's not you know big or ambitious necessarily, but you know if we're talking about creative food, I think pop ups are the thing that are the most creative. You know, just sort of residencies or you know, people showing up or doing a collaboration with another restaurant um, is the most creative stuff. But in addition, I do think that there's a lot of identity politics that that's happening in pop-ups or, you know, there's one restaurant called Hags and it's sort of like a queer driven restaurant and Hags actually stands for have a good summer. And, uh, <laughs> You know, I I feel like that's where more of the creativity is, is in like the intersectionality of restaurants and identity, which I'm too old for it to like, like, I, I feel very slow on the uptake in terms of like navigating it. I mean, I, I think it's like really cool and interesting. I just am like, okay, this is new. and I'm trying to wrap my head around what does this mean for food or restaurants? Of course, we... We want to talk to people of all ages and and different identities, but yeah, I'm trying to think of what what I would want now. I mean, I I got into an argument the other night because I said to somebody, and I was just being provocative, and I said something like, "There's no good restaurants anywhere anymore," and I, you know, I I don't mean that, but increasingly, I'm just like, yeah, I'd rather cook, and I. I don't know. I think maybe during COVID, I got, not that I haven't always been into cooking, but I got so into cooking that all of the stuff about restaurants that I always found mildly annoying, I just don't find them that redeeming anymore. So the crowds or the noise or the overpricedness, all things we've talked about, doesn't really compensate for the fact that, you know, I'm I'm lucky enough to have great ingredients and know how to put them together. And you know, if there there is a place like that near here, 
where they source well and the food's pretty simple and I like it. And I sort of wonder if that's more what people are looking for or just, you know, different people are looking for different things. Some people want buzz or some people want great cocktails, but it's not, we're talking about food. You know, I, I think that this revival trend in terms of old restaurants are becoming more popular again. Hmm. Like what? Uh, like Raul's or Russo and Frank in LA. Um, <laughs> you know, old piano bars and hotels are becoming popular again. And I, I feel like there is a craving for like the past that sort of is a through line among ages right now. And whether or not the past was actually better it sort of seems that way. <laughs> so, and so people are gravitating toward these those old places and also like gravitating towards them so that they continue to survive. It's also true that so many people are not eating as much meat as they used to. So they don't yeah. want to go to places that are kind of meat and two or whatever, or with a gigantic appetizer. And then you're getting a big piece of, you know, a big entree. But I don't think in my experience, which is, you know, the reason... I wanted to do this because I feel like my experience is so limited. I have no idea what's going on right now. But in my limited experience, the attempts at making sort of less meaty food in restaurants is is it's interesting that you're recommending Lebanese and Israeli and you know other sort of Middle Eastern places because that's like traditionally less meaty food where they know how to do it. So if you're, yeah. you know, if you're going to a place like Shakshuka or Shuket or one of these other kind of modern Middle Eastern style places, they're relying on very, very traditional, awesome, fabulous, great traditional dishes. Yeah, for sure. And uh, speaking of cultures that eat less meat, it would be remiss if we didn't mention Damaka and Sema, um, the Indian restaurants that have gotten a lot of acclaim because they're really, really good. And while their menus do have meat on them, I think they're both really exciting restaurants, but I tend to like Sema. So Sema is... A while back, Mark, you went to this restaurant called Rahi on Greenwich Ave. Yeah, I went with Trish. That's what Sema is now. It's the same owner's. I liked Rahi. That was probably yeah. four years ago. It was. And you loved it. And you told me to go. And now it's like kind of a standby for me. But I haven't been to the... They, I don't know what happened. I'm sure Melissa knows. But now it's Sema. And Nick actually went the other night. And he said it was amazing. Well, and for our recipe today, since we did give a couple of shout outs to my old friend, Jean-Georges Van Gerichten, I can't think of a better recipe to share than his ginger fried rice, which... Simple, perhaps even classic, a fabulous standby, and really one of my favorites, especially with a fried egg on top. So here's that. Start with, um, well, let me give you an ingredient list. Half a cup of peanut oil, two tablespoons of minced garlic, two tablespoons of minced ginger. That's a lot of both. Salt, two cups of thinly sliced leeks, white, and light green parts only. Well, you probably know that. Not the really dark, tough parts. Rinsed and dried. I like to slice them first and then rinse and dry them. It's easier to clean them. Four cups of cooked rice, 
preferably day old and refrigerated so it sort of dries out and preferably jasmine. Better if that's at room temperature. Four large eggs, two teaspoons sesame oil and four teaspoons of soy sauce. Gather all of that if you can. So in a big skillet, heat about half of that peanut oil. So a quarter cup over medium heat. Add the garlic and the ginger and cook until those are pale brown, I would say, and slightly crisp. Remove them with a slotted spoon. Put them on a plate lined with some toweling and salt that. After you've removed the ginger and garlic from the pan, lower the heat a bit and then uh, add two more tablespoons of oil and the leeks. And cook that for about 10 minutes, stirring pretty often until the leeks are very tender but not browned. Season that with salt. Uh, Leave the leeks in the pan, then raise the heat to medium and add the rice. And cook, stirring well until it's heated through. Season that with salt. And while the rice is heating in another nonstick skillet, fry the eggs in the remaining peanut oil sunny side up until they're set. It's nice if the edges brown a little bit. Divide the rice among four dishes and top each mound of rice with an egg, some sesame oil, some soy sauce, and a bit of the crisp garlic and ginger. Probably a little more salt and serve. That's really great. It's kind of funny, we recorded this show right before I left on a trip to Nice and Liguria and London, where I am now. In Italy, at least, we wound up eating in restaurants twice a day for 10 days. I wrote a piece about some of that, which Melissa will post on the Bitman Project, possibly by the time you listen to this. Anyway, it's restaurant month or restaurant week or something like that for us, I guess. Thanks to the attentive and brilliant and eloquent Melissa McCart, who Kate and I love working with. Melissa and her partner, Rick Easton, who owns the terrific, amazing bread and salt bakery in Jersey City, have their first book coming out next year, Bread and How to Eat It. So be on the lookout for that. We'll continue to remind you, of course. Thanks for listening. And tune in next week when we will have somebody amazing. Bye for now. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.